The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a... Terrific Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we welcome you into the star in Frisco and the SWBC studios alongside Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey Walker. We've got Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Terrific. Terrific Thursday? Yep, it is. It's hard to make. I try and do like an alliteration before every show. Thursday's the one that I always Why? I have a, I don't know, I have a tough time with it. Maybe I should just do like a like a touchdown Thursday. We're here for you, Kyle. Yeah, we are. It's a safe place. We, we, yes. I can't really say thirsty Thursday because, I mean, unless it's Black Rifle Coffee Thirsty. Mm-hmm. Could well, do well, that. Why not just stick, just keep it simple? Terrific Thursday or yeah. something something of that nature. Tantalizing Thursday. Don't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Okay. I won't, I won't over. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of your favorite. <laughs> Titillating Thursdays. Tiger Milk. Yeah, Tiger uh, Milk Thursdays. Yeah. Tiger Milk Thursday. TMT. Maybe that's what we'll do. TMT. TMT. And then, of course, we've got Say It With Your Chest Friday coming up tomorrow. That's I'll have right. I'll have updated standings and everything for, for everybody tomorrow so that way we can head into the final weekend of the regular season mm. and really do it in style. Speaking of uh, one of the, the final times we're doing something, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on this news and notes thing. We too. are. We are. It's, it's bittersweet because that means the season is Yeah, we've only got like a month and a half left of the the season. That is correct. That's why we're focusing on teams like the Bills and the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Wink, wink. Hint, hint. Um, (laughs) News and notes for week 18 against the Washington Commanders. What would Rob do, WWRD? Uh, First and foremost, let's start off news and notes. Everyone continuing to keep DeMar Hamlin in their prayers. Um, There has been progress made, but he is still sedated, not out of the woods by a long shot, but he has been making progress, so prayers are working. Keep that up. Um, From the Cowboys front, uh, we we spoke on it yesterday. It has been confirmed. It was confirmed shortly after the show uh, wrapped on yesterday. James Washington was, in fact, waived. Uh, he is, as every veteran is after the trade deadline, subject to waivers. Um, if he does clear waivers, it's my understanding the Cowboys are not adverse to, to bringing him back to the practice squad. Um, hmm. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, I was is that at, 3 p.m. today? That's 3 p.m. today. Okay. Uh, and I was having a conversation with, with Nick Eatman yesterday wondering who might claim Washington playoff-wise. Uh, and not my bullseye landed on the New York Giants, and not as a means of being petty against the Cowboys. I mean, that would be the sprinkles on on the ice cream for them. But uh, they need some wide receiver help, so I, I could see that happening. But hopefully, it does not. Um, but wherever James Washington lands, because he's such a good dude, like we said yesterday, yeah. hope it works out well for him. 
Um, Matt Farniak, his 21-day window was activated on yesterday. He was back at practice for the Cowboys. Keep in mind, for those that may not know, 21 days is the time frame that the Cowboys have to either activate him to the 53-man roster or revert him back to IR, which would be season-ending. But he is trending well for the Cowboys' offensive line depth backup center behind Tyler Biadish. Uh, from the practice squad, Wanye Thomas, the safety, was moved to practice squad reserve, injured reserve. So he's there with Alec Lindstrom. Um, with injury. Good news from the Cowboys legends front. We have three Cowboys legends who are up for possible induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We have Chuck Howley, uh, who is a senior, who's possibly entering as a senior. Demarcus Ware. Woo! This is D. Ware's second attempt. Uh, We could all argue he should have been first ballot. Um, But while we're arguing where should have gotten in by now. Darren Woodson yeah. is a finalist. <laughs> Darren Woodson. He should have been in a long time ago. The absolute GOAT safety yep. is a finalist, Jeez. and hopefully this is the year that he does not get snubbed. Let the king in. Shout out to Woody. Woody is just the man. Um, quick injury front. As far as the injury report yesterday, Cowboys only had two who did not participate, Tyler Biadish, which was expected. He is expected to return for the playoffs, though. Kelvin Joseph did not participate with a tooth issue, toothache, however you want to describe it. We spent way too much time on Twitter talking about this man's (laughs) mouth yesterday. Um, Tony Pollard, he's the headline here. He was a full participant, not just back at practice with the thigh issue that they rested last week against Not limited. Not limited. Not limited. Full. Okay. Tony Pollard is back, and he's going to get those 12 or 13 yards. That man's going to get him 1,000 yards this week, and then hopefully they sit him down yeah, and get let him. Malik and Zeke do their thing. Or Zeke Malik, let's put it in the right aspect. Uh, Washington Commanders, I guess they're burning through their PTO days <laughs> before the season is over. They literally had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 players who did not participate in practice, which basically means they didn't have a practice. Jonathan Allen, uh, Montez Sweat, um, Antonio Gibson, Jamin Davis. Uh, the list goes on and on. These are starters. Uh, so the Washington Commanders, I'm not saying they're mailing it in, but they didn't have practice yesterday by all accounts. So that's news and notes heading into uh, this Tiger Milk Thursday. Very nice. Very nice, Patrick. Let's go into – I'm going to go into Hall of Fame talk for a little bit because three guys that – are very much so deserving to be in, two of which that probably should have been in by now. And then Chuck Howley, you talk about not being able to tell the story of the NFL in order to be a Hall of Famer. He's part of the story of the NFL. He was one of the only uh, Super Bowl MVPs, the only Super Bowl MVP that was on a losing side because he had such a a great performance and a losing effort in, in the Super Bowl against the Steelers. But uh, he was phenomenal for years around the Cowboys and an absolute legend. But let's talk about two of the modern era finalists, DeMarcus Ware, starting with him. Should have gotten in last year as a, a first ballot guy, was disappointed not to. Cowboys and Broncos fans alike disappointed not to see him mm-hmm. in there. What are your thoughts on D. Ware, Isaiah, and, and what he brought to the table as a defender? Uh, D-Dub is one of the most dominant players that I've played with. Um, obviously, when I came in here in 07, he was here still wrecking shop, yeah. um, tearing things up. And he is a good dude, 
and he's a one hell of a player at the same time. So uh, I, I'm definitely on board with him, obviously, getting in there. Uh, you know, when you start talking about Hall of Fame, it gets real tricky in terms of who <laughs> should go first, who should have been in, you know, because you, you have strong oh, feelings. Yeah, the politics are, are a real thing. But also, you know, you know, when you start thinking about guys like Woody, it's like, okay, yeah, D, D Ware absolutely should be in there. But Woody definitely should have been in there first. A long time ago. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, that's when the Hall of Fame stuff starts getting tricky. All, all these guys that we're talking about are definitely worthy of it, and um, they will definitely get their jacket. I look forward to seeing him when he has his opportunity to put that on. What? You can't help but love D-Ware. I mean, not only was he a shock, rec- shock shop wrecker, but he did it with a, a million-dollar smile. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the guy's just a fantastic human being, much like Darren Woodson is. I mean, you yep. can't find better players on the field who are also elite human beings off of the field. We're yeah. talking about Darren Woodson and, and uh, DeMarcus Ware. So, yeah, get Woody should have been it. I'm going to pound this table until I break some knuckles. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Let the man in. Man, Let him in. And, and like you said, both of those guys are fantastic. I was just thinking about I, – I, I did an event probably not but three weeks ago, uh, maybe three weeks ago, with, with – Darren at the stadium and we kind of had a one-on-one panel interview and and whatnot in front of a a group of people and uh, I mean the the amount of insight and emotion and passion that that guy has for not only the game of football but for life in general came from a rough upbringing and then just took advantage of every opportunity that he could uh, fought through a bunch of stuff fought through some demons all the way through and then came out on the other side as one of the best to ever put on a helmet with the star on the side of it. So Darren Woodson, I could not speak more highly of, period. I think he's a great dude. I think he's very much so worthy on the field of getting into the Hall of Fame. And he stands for everything that the game stands for as well, off of the field. So very, very excited to see him in the senior final, or the the, the modern-day finalists. Um, to get his shot at going in. I wanted to see if you had a DeMarcus Ware story, one that's appropriate for the air, which is good. (laughs) I don't have one off. You don't have one? We just had a lot of good laughs. I mean, D-Ware is just a good dude. You know, to your point, he's a a happy-go-lucky guy that just happens to just be a complete dog on the field as well. He gets his little knuckles, and he does his little Planet Mm -hmm. of the Apes smash on the ground, and and it's, and it's a wrap, you know, and he goes Plain back to it. laughing and, and smiling, you know, oh, and then, then he's backed out there and he's like, okay, it's go time. Yeah. You know, he just, he has one heck of a motor, one heck of a drive. The way in which he approached the game was always awesome. I, I, I'm always, a, I was a sponge when, in terms of, you know, just being around really great guys and seeing what they did well. He prepared well, he practiced well. Um, every everything about him, you know, like you, you guys already mentioned it, on and off the field is is awesome. So he's a he is exactly what you want as a role model for this game. And you talk about his charity work. I mean that yeah. is incomparable. Um, and, and also just from a football aspect, he's still contributing to the game, to the sport, and to this organization. Look at the work he does in the offseason with Michael Parsons, for example. And yeah, Michael Parsons become a better pass rusher. So just just all around phenomenal uh, guy in Demarcus uh, Ware as well as Darren Woodson and. and and to your point, again, we can't speak highly enough of either of those guys. Um, but when it comes to Darren Woodson, I, you're starting to feel the Drew Pearson-esque mm. uh, vibe around Darren Woodson when yeah. it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where it's like, well, why is this taking so long? Yeah. Why is this taking so long? So hopefully, you know, Woody, if you're listening, hopefully this push between your fans and your resume and 
uh, and the organization and just the league as a whole. Hopefully this is the year for you because uh, no one's more deserving. Hey, Beamer, you got to spend a lot of time with both of those guys. And, and I know you you know both D-Ware and Darren Woodson quite well. Do you have any stories or any thoughts on, on both those guys getting in and, and having a shot to get in as a finalist? More from probably, well, both of them really I've, I spent a lot of time with. Yeah. Uh, I was I was really close to um, where kind of early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we took a couple vacations together. Nothing I can say on that. <laughs> <laughs> we had a bunch it's of one of those on-air, like off-air uh, stories. Uh, yeah, we, we got uh, in Mexico. I got hey. to hear him later, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah some good funny stories. Yeah. But I think my, my biggest thing about Darren Woodson is, is – when I came to the league, I started with the Cowboys in 1999. Mm-hmm. It was my first year. I was an intern, you know, you know, fresh out of college. And, and I mean, this guy was back, I mean, 99, he's huge. He's, a, you know, captain, huge player. And the one thing you always remember, I always remember about him is when he first met you, he, he asked your name mm-hmm. and he never forgot it. Yeah. You know, it's not like, hey, dude, what's up? What's up, man? You know, like he was always like, What's up, Chris? And how are you doing? You know, that's how he is. He's very, he's uh, very, very genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, is such a great dude. Yeah, yeah, really to well said. Day. Yeah, he does that now. He does that to everybody. If he's interacted with you in the building, he knows yeah. your name. Yep. Or, or outside of the building, he knows your it's name. Crazy. Here's the question: Is he going in as a cowboy or a bronco? D where? Yeah. Uh, cowboy, yeah. and I don't even think it's that close. Thing, I don't. I, I agree. I is, believe he he built his Hall of Fame yeah. career as a cowboy. He won his he, ring as he, a Bronco. He kept but. It, right. He put the exclamation point yeah. on it in Denver, but without what he achieved in oh, in Dallas. What, a, but in the NFL, you really don't go in as, as, as a, a team. Cowboy. Yeah, it's not like, like it's not like Cooperstown where you have the hat on. Pick a hat. Yeah. So it'll have both on his. On his plaque underneath at the uh, he's a Hall of Fame, but yeah, most of us. Uh, he's a cowboy. Smith had, had that Arizona was... two years on there, uh, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's he why did. he retired as a cowboy. <laughs> that's why he came back and retired as a cowboy. Yeah, he did. One day contract. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's step aside. When we come back, what is the offensive line going to look like this week? Is there a possibility of maybe Matt Farniak filling in for Tyler Biotish? And did we like the way? that the coaching staff adjusted things when Biotis went down against Tennessee. We're going to preview the Cowboys' offense and the Washington Commanders' defense right after this with more Talking Cowboys. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. 
But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, alongside Isaiah Stanback, yes. Patrick Nosey Walker, Hola. Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans, currently searching for our Talking Cowboys reads. Almost there. Go to Thirsty Thursday. All right. It's only right that the best fans in the whole world get the out-of-this-world gear. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com of Fanatics Experience and grab Cowboys Nation-worthy hoodies, tees, accessories, and a whole lot more at the Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop today. All right. Tyler Biotish goes down in the middle of Thursday night football last week against the Tennessee Titans. It's not as what we feared initially is like a hammy or a thigh or an ACL. It's a high ankle sprain. He's out possibly until, or most likely until the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Could be longer, who knows, depending on the severity of the high ankle sprain. However, they made an adjustment that I don't think everybody really anticipated, but it also made a lot of sense, was Connor McGovern went from left guard to center. Tyler Biotish, or Tyler Smith, rather, slid from left tackle to left guard, and then Jason Peters was your left guard. They kept the right side the same, and they just slid both McGovern and Tyler Smith down into the interior. Isaiah, when you looked at that move and what they were able to do after that move, were you okay with it, and is that something that you can anticipate this Cowboys team doing heading into Week 18 against Washington? They're going to be playing musical chairs again. You know, Coach Fieldman's back on the hot seat in terms of all eyes on him, trying to figure out exactly what he's going to do with that front. Uh, the good news is he has options. You know, he's had, he has viable options. That's the main thing. We've seen him have to deal with this in recent years. Uh, we know that he's capable of doing it, so I don't think there's any question marks in terms of whether or not it can be pulled off. It's just now a matter of wait and see, you know, what the lineup's going to look like. You know, we've talked about this before. Tyler Biotis got hurt. We were trying to figure out whether it's going to be Who was Tyler next? Smith, Tyron, who's going to be T.R. Steer. <laughs> who's going to be like, we were all on the tie train uh, trying to figure out what was going to go on. So just add another one to it. <laughs> just add another tie into the, into the mix. So, uh, you know, going back and watching the last game, our, you know, Farniak, he actually had a pre- pretty um, – engaged role in this in the game against Washington last time, but he was just mainly playing fullback. So I think that you'll probably see him based upon 
coach's uh, comments yesterday in his press mm -hmm. conference, I can imagine that he'll be in there um, snapping the ball a few times, if not the whole time. And, yeah, I think that is very possible that they handle this similarly to how they did with uh, Teron Smith and not using the full 21-day window. It sounds to me as if Farniak, uh has progressed to the point where there is a good chance that he could be on the field So the, uh, this uh, Sunday against the Washington Commanders. So the way the Cowboys – if so, then the way the Cowboys played that injury and, and managed the roster numbers-wise – so that if they were to lose someone like Tyler Biadish, to be able to look at Farniak and say, okay, you've been looking good, you, you ready for this? And him to be physically uh, ready, that would be just master class mm -hmm. roster management for yeah. the Cowboys. Um, so if Farniak is, is there, obviously you're still going to have to put him on a, on a rep count because you got to ramp him up. You're not going to throw him in there for 100% of the snaps, considering how much time he's missed this season with that injury because a, a lot of people thought his injury was going to be season-ending. So here he is just ahead of the playoffs, likely returning. Um, and if that happens, then you just shift um, – Connor McGovern and Tyler Smith back to the left. Connor McGovern goes back to left guard. Tyler Smith goes to left tackle. Jason Peters falls back to swing tackle duties. And obviously we know the right side of the, the line is already set with Zach Martin and, and Teron Smith. But uh, you're still, to Isaiah's point, you're going to have to play some kind of musical chairs because, like I said, you're going to have to ramp Farniak up if he's available. So in those times when you pull him, you're going to see those, the same rotation you saw on the back end of the Titans game when Biotis went down. Yeah, gosh. You you look back at and it's a dangerous front to have to do this against. But. Yeah. Let's I mean, you, let's take a look back to early 2021. So, right at the beginning of 2021, six guys were in the conversation of being on that offensive line. Five of those six guys are either no longer on the team or playing in a different spot now. The only guy that's been the same has been Zach Martin. Everybody else is either playing in a completely different spot or they're no longer on the team. And the six guys included Lyle Collins, who's gone, and Connor Williams, gone. Five of the six guys who started this season as well that were in that conversation, or four of the six guys, are playing different positions at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's everybody except for Zach Martin. And then Jason Peters, who wasn't even on the roster at the start of the season, but he was expected to come in and be your swing tackle, so that's sure. kind of what he's doing now. Is the offensive line the biggest question mark on this offense heading into the playoffs? Because your wide receivers, at least you're getting CeeDee Lamb getting off and running, and he's been phenomenal lately. But you're getting some production sprinkled in there from the other guys. You're getting some sprinkled production from your tight ends. Is it offensive line that's the biggest worry? Mm. Or is there... No. Okay. No. And I think I know where you're headed with this. Yeah, you know exactly where I'm going with this. It's uh, the person who's been throwing the ball to the other team. Mm -hmm. If you, We have enough offensive linemen. Regardless of what position they decide to be playing <laughs> that particular day, we have the guys that can do it. And I have all the confidence and the boat of confidence in the world in, in Philbin's ability to put together a productive offensive line. And when you said hot seat earlier, you didn't mean – No, no, not, not in a bad way. I'm just saying meaning all eyes on him. He's in a glass bowl again, right? Like okay. everybody is – all eyes are on him is magnified what he decides to do because he's done this for literally for two straight years. Yeah. Shuffling guys around at the offensive line and – that's not easy to do. He just has more guys to do it with this time around. So you should feel more confident in his ability to put together something that's actually productive this year. So that should not be your your point of, of, of concern. It needs to be on the turnovers. We cannot. We've talked about this yesterday, right? You can't keep turning the ball over. Yeah. You just can't do it. 
especially going into the playoffs. The teams that you're going to be playing are just happen to be the best teams in the league, right? You're playing professional athletes who are the best in the world. You're playing really, really good teams collectively. And now you're going to be playing the best teams in the, in the league, right? So you can't give teams more opportunities. We talked about that as well. So that has to be shored up. I'm not concerned. I am concerned about the offensive line in regards to the running game against this particular defensive front because this defensive front is complete dogs and they dominated against us last time we played them and they dominate pretty much most of the teams that they play because they have Allen, they have uh, doggone sweat, sweat pain. Um, pain. Oh, and by the way, they got that other cat back now um, who just happened to be a first Chase for, Young. Chase Young. So they have their whole ensemble, uh, their whole Avenger squad is right there sitting there waiting for you. So this is not the week that you want to be shuffling things around, but you are capable of handling it. It's just going to be interesting to see how well they play together because we know that the offensive line works in con- continuity, right? Like, right, you have to yeah. be hip-to-hip. you got to be engaged, be on the same page, work together. And these guys that are going to be playing together, particularly this week, have not done so. And, and that's that's my main thing um, is, is this continuity. But the good news is is that the Cowboys do expect Tyler Biadish to be back on the field at the start of the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, I know everyone's saying, well, high ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. I get it. But not all high ankle sprains are, are same, similar in severity. And um, to the Cowboys' point – it's not the first one that, that he suffered, so that does, in fact, make it a little bit easier to, to know how to come back from it, play through it sooner. So I would say I have a concern about the offensive line from a continuity standpoint for Week 18 only, as long as Tyler Biadish is back in the mix for Super Wild Card Weekend, assuming the Cowboys don't get a bye um, because they still have a shot at it. But um, because I think their offensive line that they've mostly played with for uh, for 2022 – save Tyron Smith coming back later in the season and going to right tackle after the loss of Terrence Steele. For the most part, they'll be fine there, more than fine there, for the playoffs. Mm. Week 18, though, you're going against a stable of horses. <laughs> You've shifted guys over to the right. <laughs> Connor McGovern, um, you know, he's taken some reps at center, but last season he took some reps at center, and there were a couple of errant snaps and a couple issues there, and you're going to try to work Farniak in if Farniak is, is – uh, able to be activated and put into this game. So you got some question marks there as far as who's going to play where and continuity-wise. And this isn't the defensive line that you want to have to do that against. But if you're asking me, am I worried about it for the playoffs? No, I'm not worried about it for the playoffs. And this is the first time that Dak has seen this Washington front this year. Of course, Cooper Rush played against them the first time around. In the the games that Dak has played this season – there have only been two out of the 11 where he has not thrown Dang it. an interception. Dang it, Kyle. Two out of the 11 that he has not done that with. And you really look at the last, what is this, six games? 2-1-2, two, 2-1-2. Two, two, one, two. Those are the last six games. Two interceptions, one interceptions, two again, and then 2-1-2 two, two again. Those are the last six. So this is the question everybody's got to answer because it's the biggest problem on that offense even with an offensive line that's playing musical chairs in front of you dang it how do you fix it where do you go where do you start you, you talked about decision making on on tuesday where where do you roll from there is it just decision making or is there more to it a lot of it's decision making some of it is yeah decision making and execution i i honestly and obviously you know i watch a good amount of film I think that a, a large part of Dak's issues with the turnovers in terms of the interceptions this year are in part to lack of identification, either either the lack of identification of coverage mm-hmm. or the disregard 
of the coverage and, and continuing to try to force the ball where it shouldn't go. It's one of those two. Um, we've seen tip balls. We've seen drop balls. We've seen some of those things that happen with every quarterback, okay? Those you don't hold against him. But some of these other ones, you, I, when I watch the film, I'm like, either he didn't acknowledge, he didn't identify and acknowledge what that defense was doing, or he just said, I understand what they're doing, and I have so much confidence in my abilities and so much confidence in my guys' abilities that they're going to make the play anyway. Either way, it turns out bad. So he's going to have to go back and, and make some adjustments. Otherwise, you're going to continue to see these, these issues compound. And if those issues compound in the playoffs, we're going to be sitting here next year. Wrapping it up. <laughs> so, so we'll go back to one, one show a week. My, my thought is this, and we, we touched on it yesterday. Um, what percentage of Dak's interceptions are accountable to Dak and what percentage uh, of the interceptions are accountable to the receivers, the targets? Mm -hmm. And just going off of memory, I figured it was around 40%. We confirmed it was around 35. 35. It was five of the 14, and I went back and charted it. And there was one that's kind of a gray area, but I think it was a bad read by Dak. Fair enough. Let's say we delete those five as far as accountable to Dak. That leaves him with nine. Nine picks, yeah. That's still, still an issue. That's still an issue, and it needs to be cleaned up. But it does put it in perspective to say if you take away five of those interceptions, now look at it from the context of each one of those interceptions and what it did momentum-wise at, at that particular part of that respective game. Were the Cowboys in a, a position to put that particular team away, but then the ball goes off of Hendershot's hands or the ball goes off of Noah Brown's hands on a, a you know overtime drive and you're moving against their defense and it ends the game right then and there. So all interceptions aren't equal. Mm -hmm. And I say that to say of those five interceptions, several of them helped either dictate the game yeah. or keep the game way closer than it needed Should've to be. Been, yeah. So delete those and, and the Cowboys have the number one seed. And even if they have the number one seed Correct. at this moment as we're talking about it, let's say that still leaves Dak with nine interceptions that are 100% accountable to him, we would still be sitting here saying, yeah, you should clean that up. Yep. So yeah. I agree with that. You should still clean that up. But I think it's, it's a perspective thing. You can't continue to give the ball away regardless of who – is accountable for it. It doesn't matter if it, if C.D. Lamb didn't carry, uh, didn't go across the face of the safety because you trusted him to do so. He didn't do so. That's a mis miscommunication between QB and wide receiver one. Okay, right? But it can't happen in the playoffs is what we're saying. No. So keep perspective, keep the context. Five of the 14 belong to his targets, but that still leaves nine belonging to Dak. So his targets need to be more yeah. focused and keyed in and making sure that you get the ball in your hands. And, of course, you're you're planning to catch the ball. That's always the plan. But if for whatever reason that goes awry in the millisecond that it hits you, don't tip it up. Tip drills turn into interceptions. Like, get get the ball to the ground, right? Better yet, better still, get it in your hands. Just get it, yeah, get it to the receiver, and then get we'll it in work your hands. from there. But I, I think I love, I love what C.D. Lamb said in this regard he, uh, a couple weeks ago. He said, obviously – Plan number one is to get the ball in your hands, to grab the ball, to catch the ball. That's why he's throwing the ball to you in the first place. In the instant, in the instance that it doesn't happen or it comes off of your hands or it bobbles or whatever and you just can't reel it in, don't juggle it and keep it in the air because yeah. that's what defensive backs are thirsty for. They're thirsty Tips and for overthrows. Drills. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's all I'm saying. Job number one is to catch the ball. But if, if for whatever reason that goes awry, don't put the church's money in the air. And <laughs> I, going going back yeah. to to 
to Dak though here is is but nine are still accountable to Dak. It, Dak nine has. are accountable to Dak, and and honestly, if it were nine interceptions, you would be you would be okay through a, an eighteen game season, right? Not through eleven you games, feel good. That's where I was going. Yeah, yeah. He, this is through eleven games <laughs> yeah, that we're talking about this <laughs> level of interceptions. Yeah. There, I mean, this is for instance set through seventeen games last year. The interception leaders were Trevor Lawrence and Matthew Stafford with seventeen through seventeen games. So that's one per game. Dak has thrown 14 in 11 games. Nine accountable to him through 11 games. So nearly yeah. one per game. Yeah. I'm a big believer in the touchdown-to-interception ratio because be. it, it shows you, you have to be. what you're able to do. Last year, Dak was off the charts. 37-10, and 10, are you kidding me? That's mm-hmm. outstanding. One of the best in the league. The league leaders in touchdowns, let's say Matthew Stafford, he still threw 17 interceptions, so one per game. Justin Herbert, he threw 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. 36 for Josh Allen, touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Some of the guys that are comparable, though, to what Dak is doing this year, Taylor Heineke, 20 interceptions, or I mean 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Derek Carr, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions through 17 games. Again, these are full game, full seasons, and Dak has played in 11 games. Ryan Tannehill. 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, which is almost exactly the touchdown-to-interception ratio that Dak has right now. Mac Jones, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Those are four guys that I just named that are either in a quarterback competition or would not be quarterback, or are not quarterbacking yeah. at all in their respective team. And I'm not saying bench Dak Prescott. No, that is not what I'm saying. You're just speaking facts. I'm saying that statistically lines up with what has been happening there. Their teams aren't as good as what Dak is working with right now. Dak is still able to win despite some of these turnovers in the regular season that will not continue into the playoffs. I agree. The, and, and the good news is he can correct all this. Yeah, he absolutely can. He's what, good what enough say, to correct it's it. It's the most easily yeah. fixable item. Yeah. It are the interceptions? I know it's people. The, yeah, between the receivers and the in the quarterback, it's the most easily corrected. Receivers catch the ball when it's thrown to you. Dak, make sure you're making better decisions in tight windows and things like that. It's the most easily correctable and and fantastic stat uh, with the with his numbers last year. And that kind of prompted me to kind of glance and see what's his touchdown percentage. And for those that don't know, and this is via Pro Football Reference, the touchdown percentage is percentage of touchdowns thrown when attempting to pass with a minimum of 14 attempts. Dak Prescott's stellar season last year, 37 mm-hmm. touchdowns to only 10 interceptions. Yes, he has 22 touchdowns to 14 interceptions in his 11 games played, but he's matching his touchdown percentage career high from last year, 6.2. It's literally the same. So, But what's the interception percentage? Well, well the interception percentage is, is a lot higher. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that to discount what you're saying. Sure. I'm saying that to say it's it, – to. It's show you just how much more interesting this conversation is because it's not a different Dak Prescott. No. It's not. It's just the luck. I it's just I, not – the ball's I, not bouncing his favor I like we talked about though. with Zeke and the fumbles. And I don't think it's I, all luck, though. No. There are a lot of interceptions he's yeah. given away. And, and and to say – Nine. And to counter <laughs> – in, in 11 games, that's no, a no, lot. That's, no, I'm but not saying – He threw 10 all of last I'm year agreeing. in, in but even 16 on, games. Even, on the, five, even on the five that we're trying to say that are disregarded because the receivers bobbled it or didn't catch it. I'm not it. saying disregarded. The, just well, saying, yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, there's elements of those that he has to take responsibility of as well. As a quarterback, I don't know, you can take Dak out the picture. Even when the ball hits the receiver's hands, it doesn't mean that your job was done. 
right? Just simply because you got it there. Yeah. There's velocity, there's location, there's there's scenarios whether you know whether or not somebody was on them or whether or not there's there's a uh, defender coming at them. Like there's a whole lot of different other elements that the quarterback has to take responsibility for that we would have to go back and analyze. Well, let's take let's take the Peyton Hendershot one for I was example. Say, that was right in his chest. That, how's that on? However, that's not that's it was Peyton. see, but that was it was on it was on his back shoulder. It wasn't a perfect throw. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely not a perfect Dude, throw. We need to Hendershot, Irvin here. Do we need to quote Michael? Irvin? I don't even. What did yeah. Michael say? What did he when say? He came Quote to him. His, his days from Troy, uh, playing with Troy Aikman, he said, it's not Troy's job to, to throw me open. It's Troy's job to get the ball in a catchable radius. And it's my job sure. to catch the ball. Absolutely. I don't, I don't disagree with that, but the reality is, okay, that's a great <laughs> rule. It's the NFL. You throw people open. It's that's a saying and it's cliche for a reason. Yeah. Brett Favre used to throw the ball and get the ball to people, right? But he used to break fingers, too. So at a certain point, you have to be, <laughs> you have to throw a catchable ball, right? So, Thanks. I mean, so, I, I mean, yeah, so, I mean there's that. a lot of – so that's why I don't just look at stats, right? They, they don't tell the whole picture. But at the same time, Dak is not making the same decision he was making last year, and I think that he showed a, a, a little kink in his armor because now teams are starting to really disguise their coverages. And the reason why he threw an interception mm-hmm. last week, the, one of the two that, interceptions, that, that, that was because they did an invert cover two. Yeah. He didn't either. Again, he either I didn't agree. recognize what it was, or he just had that much faith in Dalton Schultz that he was going to get open. One of the two, either way, is resulting in bad things for the Cowboys. Has to get. Has to oh, get there, there are interceptions in that tally of nine that we're talking about nine and eleven games that are just inexcusable. Josh Sweat pick six. Yeah, bad, real bad. You, a lot of them that were whoa. that were <laughs> in crucial points in the game, like you talked about earlier. Not all interceptions are weighed Maybe the same. Yeah. I would say I would argue that seven of the nine that have been thrown by Dak that have been. On him have been in really tough situations, right? Really tough situations, and you have to you have to pull the trigger at times. And, and this is why I don't have a pro- I have a problem with like the Josh Sweat interception, and I have a problem with uh, Dak's second interception against the Titans, and and not necessarily seeing the coverage there. But there are also times where he'll throw the interception, and you look at he read the coverage, and he was really trying to frozen rope that thing in there, and you're just like, okay, well. You can't have it both ways because when Cooper Rush yeah. was quarterbacking, right, there were times where I wanted Cooper Rush to pull that trigger. Like, I see it, that small window, it was there, you should have pulled it, but you didn't because you're the backup quarterback yep. and you don't want to be that guy, right? You're right. <laughs> so, but when you have QB1 in there, you're paying him to be able to take those risks and you trust that the reward will be much more pl- bountiful over the course of a season than than the risks and the penalties will be. And that continues to be the case for Dak Prescott. But that's not that doesn't make the second part of this argument untrue, which is the level of play in the playoffs is much higher. The, le- the margin of error is much smaller. You can't Give turn the ball over. The Josh Sweat interception, mm-hmm. that could lose you a game in the playoffs. No doubt. But we, I don't want to, for lack of a better way to put it, I don't want to neuter Dak when it comes to running no. the offense. There are certain things you need to be riverboat on. When you see it, if if you feel it's there, and it's the right receiver, and it's the right receiver, and it's the right receiver, hint, <laughs> you fire that thing in there. If if it's not quote unquote the right receiver, second guess it, take the first down, or if you if you if the yeah. pressure's there, take the sack, live to fight another day. That's just don't do too much. Like the interception where he was trying to target Schultz when mm-hmm. he should have probably either just ran for two yards or taken the sack and lived to fight another day, those can't happen. We we're, nobody in here is saying that that Dak needs to be 
with your term neutered. We we don't we don't need that happening. I want Dak to have that high risk, high reward mentality. Yes. But in the past, his high reward has come with a low risk. Thanks. And that hasn't happened this year. It's right. been more even as opposed to what we've seen in the past. That's why he's been one of the best in the league. He's had the the stats. He's had the rewards, but he hasn't turned the football over. If you're going to win in the playoffs, you need Dak to be at 100%. Well, let's let's hit it on the other side of the break because we're already running really long. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Speaking of Dak Prescott, he is this year's Cowboys nominee for the 2022 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award, presented by Nationwide, recognizing NFL players for outstanding community service off the field and excellence on the field. Help Dak earn a $25,000 donation to his Faith Fight Finish Foundation by voting on Twitter. Tweet or retweet the hashtag WPMOY challenge, followed by Dak Prescott through January 8th. Go out there and vote Dak Prescott. Back here with Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey Walker. I'm Kyle Yeomans. What did you have on your mind? Just a real quick question I was curious you guys take, based on what you said ahead of the break, which was a great point. Do you think that um, with the departure of Amari Cooper and prior to T.Y. Hilton getting in, and you know you had C.D. Lamb that was starting to ramp up when Dak returned, mm-hmm. or a couple games after Dak returned, do you think Dak has the nine interceptions he's accountable for? Do you think that's a pro- product of him forcing the ball? Yes. Trying to – Yes do more than he necessarily has to. yes yes why it's just it's apparent he's forcing the ball out of the 14 interceptions mm-hmm. t-row ball yeah the 14 interceptions there's easily at least especially in the first part of the season when he easily five interceptions that should have taken place easily 
that were dropped. Like you could have been more interceptions. Could have been a yeah, higher that's number. True. Oh my that, god! That's true. That's I mean, true. I'm talking about like how did he not catch that that's type true. interceptions? That's right. True. So yes, he's forcing the ball. He he admitted it. I, so people could come at me all they want to. He admitted it. What did he say early on? I'm overly. I'm a little. I'm, I might be overly confident. He said it. I'm not creating. This is this Dak's words. Yeah. Right. So he has, just has to pull back on that. Just stop. It's not necessary for you to win games. I think you it, making those throws is not mes- necessary for the Dallas Cowboys to win ball games. So if it's not necessary, then don't do it as frequently. Because yeah. the more frequently you do it, the greater chance of it happening is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's no different than somebody riding a motorcycle. The more you ride a motorcycle, the greater chances you increase of getting into an accident. Could pull back. What do you think, huh? Uh, you think I, he's playing. He was playing hero ball. Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit, and I, I don't think that's Change. necessarily changed. I think he continues to play hero ball a little bit. He's good enough to do that. Yes, he is very good. He is a great quarterback in this league right now. He is one of the top. But when he makes decisions that are putting his team into situations where it's putting your defense against the wall and you're putting your receivers in a tough situation and you're trying to to overestimate the talent that you have arm-wise to fit it into a hole 20 yards down the field or in the middle of the field when there's multiple guys that you're going to have to weave through to get it there, that's the type of decision-making Dak Prescott has not done in the past and he's Mm -hmm. doing this year. That's where there's a difference because the numbers show it all the way through. The film shows it all the way through. This dude is talented. This dude is good enough to take you to the promised land. However... He can't do it all by himself. He's got to allow his team around him to find a way to get the job done because that's what happens whenever you win a Super Bowl. You don't win it with one guy. I think the emergence of T.Y. Hilton helps with that. I think so, too. Facts. Yeah. By the way, before we get out of here, the Buffalo Bills on Twitter just tweeted this out a couple minutes ago. Per the or per the physicians caring for Damar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, Damar has shown remarkable improvement yes. over the last 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. Nice. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. Awesome. We are grateful for the love and support that we have received. Awesome, that man. is outstanding freaking awesome so long way to go still for Damar Hamlin continue to your prayers and, and continue your support um, he is showing improvement which is great to see that coming from the Buffalo Bills Twitter just a couple moments ago but that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys we'll be back tomorrow with the Say It With Your Chest Friday we're back on that normal schedule it's going to have that Say It With Your Chest Friday feel to it tomorrow as we continue to preview the Cowboys and the Washington Commanders coming up on Sunday 325 kickoff Central Time for Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!